welcome to Veterans Voices with Joe and Steve-O. Today we're going to have a, a great episode. It's uh, Steve-O's story. So this is episode nine, and this is uh, Steve-O, his story of how he joined the military, and then his experiences since he has left the military, and uh, it should be a really interesting story. Uh, Steve will tell us a little bit about it now. Yeah, so so um, we Joe and I did this in Hawaii back in January. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was just the two of us just kicking back, talking story, and and uh, the way we would if we were just sitting around like with any of you. So um, so this is my story. Um, you don't like it? Too bad. This is a story I'm sticking to. I think the the statute of limitations is gone on most stuff in my life, so I think I'm good. So uh, so I hope you enjoy it. All right, everybody. Thanks for uh, thanks for watching this episode. Again, this is episode nine, Veterans Voices with Joe and Steve-O. Uh, if you like what you're seeing here, uh, please uh, subscribe to our YouTube page and like us on all our podcast channels on Facebook. And if you have any uh, comments or questions for us, please feel free to reach out. We'd love to, uh, to chat with you. Uh, so this is episode nine, Steve-O's story. And, and, and so we are in Hawaii right now. We're at Joe's house. We are in Hawaii. Steve and I both lived in Hawaii. I did three of my last six tours in the Navy in Hawaii, and I ended up staying out here. Yeah, and I lived Hawaii here. Nice. And when I got out of the military in, in the early 90s, I had to go somewhere, and I thought, I need four seasons, summer, 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 and summer, and this is where I came. So, uh, so I lived here for till 2008. And then, and that's when I uh, I went to Europe and working for the government, and I met Joe, and um, and then we've been you know we've been friends ever since. That is true. Met in uh, <coughs> in temporary lodging. I don't know if anybody's ever been in that magnificent set of government quarters. The temporary lodging <laughs> in what is the name of that town in Italy? Oh, that was um, yeah, uh, that, that was. Um, what was that? Was that Casal? Casal the oh, Principe? Casal de Principe. Well, yeah, yeah, it was near Casal de Principe, which if anybody does has been there, they would know. But if anybody hasn't been there, just for your... You read the Book of Mora, because it's about the mob, and that is where the mob was created. Right, right that's right. And it was in Casal, where the Navy base, where the U.S. Navy paid some enormous bribe to set up their base. <laughs> that is where we met. <laughs> and, and just so you know, just, just so that you can you know, set the tone, um, it is a toxic waste dump. It is literally on a toxic waste dump. Right. I think that's been proven too. It is. It is. And then I think there's a book about that as well. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, so you have a a area run <coughs> by Italian gangsters that finds a way to lease what used to be <laughs> what used to be a toxic waste dump to someone and that someone happens to be the United States right government. and built a and built a US a US a US navy base on top of it so so that's where we met so just again just so, so we should tell so before we go to where we met how did we both end up in the military do you want to tell how you ended up? Yeah, because well, I did it first, right? All right. So, <coughs> so he's older. This guy's yeah, older. a little bit older. I mean, I, I'm sure you can all probably tell. So, um, yeah. So that was kind of interesting because, because like I was kind of wayward kid. Like you know, everybody, like everybody I knew in the in this in the '70s was was lost. I mean, there were you know some people I didn't know those people. Like the people who were like were moving like out of high school and going to college and then they were gonna you know their parents were gonna hook them up or they were gonna get a job or something 
I didn't know those people. Because, you know, my... Those were your friends. The people well, who had a job lined up after high school. <laughs> well, I kind of saw those people, and I would, like, see them at parties and stuff, but, like, I wasn't really, like, their choice to be a friend, because, like, I didn't have anything. And I really wasn't, like, I wasn't motivated. Like, I was totally not motivated. So, when the opportunity came, I remember my, my uh, I was living with my mom uh, in Michigan, and she said, um, I was, I was like 17, and I was, as I was approaching my 18th birthday, my mom said, you know, I'm not sure what your plan is, but when you're 18, you're going to come home, and there's going to be a, a, a different lock on the door, and your bags are going to be outside of it. So I'm not sure what your plan is, but you better fucking have a plan. So I thought, hmm, you know. And I think I may, might have like smoked a joint with my friend or something and thought, you know, what are we going to do? And I, and I remember like clearly all my friends, they didn't know what they were going to do. I mean, they were taking jobs, they were working like at car washes or, <clears throat> or at restaurants or whatever. And I wasn't, didn't even have a job, so I'm not sure what I was going to do. But, but, um, but, I, but I did like before that, I had some experience around military people. I'd lived down in, in, in Georgia near Moody Air Force Base, and I knew a lot of people um, who were in the military. Like, I had some connect, like, interaction with them. And, you know, and that was just like right after Vietnam. Those guys were all partying, they were drinking beer, and they were doing whatever they were doing. And, and it was, you know, I noticed, knew that, I, one thing I knew that the Air Force would accept somebody like me. I they mean, let you, they <laughs> let you into the, the club, yeah, the loose club that is the Air Force. Right, which, which and, and then, you know, in those days, like, it's not like today, you know, like, it's hard to get in the military today. Like, you, it's, you really have to put a lot of effort into it. You have to have your shit together. I mean, and even then, even if you're smart and you were, you know, you, you got, like, um, you, you have connections and you kind of know, you go to ROTC, um, you know, if there's one physical flaw, you're not getting in. But when I was, when I was going in, it was just after Vietnam, and the military was struggling. Like, people weren't going, you know, Jimmy Carter was president, the country was... You know, like, it, military wasn't what, pe what people were looking for. So, so I went, I was like, well, but I, I got to do something. And I had quit high school in the 10th grade. Like, I don't, didn't know what I was going to do, you know. So, <clears throat> so I had to do something. So I took my ASVAB test. I passed it. I gave it to my recruiter. I took my, my um, you know, I, I was going so I um, so Steve-O's getting into the, into the military. He's about to join the Air Force. Yes, I'm about to join the Air Force. So quit school, went, uh, you know, took my GED, passed, took my ASVAB, went and met with the, with the um, recruiter who, you know, basically told me, don't worry, bro. Just don't say nothing and everything's golden. Like, you don't have a story. You're just one of us, right? And, and you, oh, and by the way, this is the job that you're going to get, and it's a great job, and don't worry, when you get there, you can always change it, because we've heard that story, I think we've heard that story from Billy, from one of the guys that we talked to that you guys are going to meet here soon. Um, you know, it's like a whole, it's just a whole trip, you know, it's a whole adventure. But it was, but at the end, it was the best thing I ever did, because it saved me. Going into the military, and, and... So what year did you join? In 1979. Okay. So I was, how, seven, I was 17. How long were you in the military? So the first time I was in for four years, got out for a year and a half, realized life was not working so great in the 80s, and then I went back in. Uh, I stayed in until 1992. And then, uh, and then I got out again, went in the National Guard, and then I worked 
for civil service. So yeah, you know, I didn't really stick with it, but I think I'm like, it's just because I'm trying to find my place, you know? So you never really stuck with anything, but you just kind of got cruised through the system, like <clears throat> doing your job, hanging out, like nothing, yeah, but nothing terribly remarkable along well, the way. So, what, what did you like the most? What was the best part? Well, so the best part, of, best part of being in the Air Force, and I imagine it's probably for all services, is that kind of like once you're in, <clears throat> you're you're in a club. Because I mean, everybody talks about oh the camaraderie, you know, and the. You know, I felt like I'm part of something. But like those days in the Air Force, it was a frat party. It was, it was Animal House. Like if anybody saw Animal House, that was what I was in. And I remember when I went to my first assignment, like the first time that I got off, when I got off the airplane and I went to Japan, um, you know, I didn't have any stripes. I was at E1. You know, I was like nobody. I you know flew across the world. I get there. My first sergeant uh, picks me up at the at the terminal at Yokota Air Base, and he goes, um, he goes. I know you need to you know to get a bed, uh, get get some sleep. He goes, but the first thing that we're going to do is um, you're going to be joining the the NCO club, the non commissioned officers club. So he like I just got off the freaking airplane, and this guy takes me to this club at like seven in the morning. Like there's not even anybody there. Like he has to rustle somebody out to get to the ca the cashier cage so that I can so that I can sign an agreement to spend five dollars out of my two hundred and fifty dollars a month check. I think it was like five hundred dollars a month. It was like two hundred fifty dollars a paycheck, and um, but that's the most money I ever made. And then um, and then you know he I signed my thing, and he said, listen, he goes. I expect to see you here every Friday at happy hour, and we're going to teach you how to be a man. We're going to teach you how to drink and how to, and you're going to be in this club. And he goes, and, and that's what you're going to do. And he goes, and that's going to be the way that you're, like, that's going to be where your success lies. And I realized, like, I, like at the time I didn't, I was like, fuck, I just got to get out. Like, just let me go to my room. I want, you know, like, I wanted to go out and see Japan, you know. And, um, but, like, today I realized that, Everything that ever happened to me in my life, in my professional life, was all because of relationships. It was exactly what he said. It was all, it may not be that way today for a lot of troops, right? For the young guys, but it yeah, was in those but, days. But life <laughs> is, I mean, the, the value that I, I believe the value I've generated in my life is with the relationships that I have built with the That's people right. that I have interacted with over the years. It's not like, what you know it's not a pile of money or a nice house it's 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 the relationships that you build with people that you and I don't just mean the military people I mean I have I have great relationships with the military people I served with uh, the ones I like the ones I don't like I don't talk to but that's like anything else in life right so throughout life throughout my military career like you find people that you bond with and you you stay with them Steven, Steven and I met, I'm, I'm a military guy, and he was just a, a government civilian at the time, and we maintained our friendship through that, and now we're both doing stuff outside of the government service. Well, and, and it's exactly what you just said. It is all about relationships, because, you know, whether it's in the military, I mean, the military is just like a microcosm of the world outside of the military. Everybody talks about, well, it's 1% of the population is, you know, joins the military. If that's an example, then that's then I believe that's a true example because when I went out in the civilian world, it was the same way. Now, granted, I interact. You know, my civilian career was all 
was with the military or working for the military as a civilian. So I'm still having those same types of relationships with the same people, the same type of people, because we're all following the same path. But, but what was interesting is that, what I learned is that people want to be around people that they can trust. And they want to be around people that they can get along with. Right? So if you don't, like, you know right away if you connect with somebody, unless they violate that, then you're, then, then you're going to bond with those people. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have friendships with everybody, but I, I have some really close friendships with people from 40 years ago. Like, I would have never expected I'd still be in touch with those people. And, but, they, but they're like a core part of who I am. Right. So, and, and yeah, I, I agree with that.